0: He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. I'm so glad you're part of The Church Next Door. You know, just by listening to this podcast, radio broadcast, you are a part of The Church Next Door. And today we're talking about low power mode Your body. That's because we're talking about, there are these times when you and I just feel in our bodies. We just feel physically tired. What do we do about that? And and guess what? Next, we're going to go to the mind, and then we're going to talk about the spirit. See, you are a body, a mind, and a spirit. You have a lot to you, and how do I keep it going? Well, today, we're going to talk about the choice that needs to be made. That's right. The choice that you and I can make in terms of spiritual habits and routines that will help us stay healthy in our body to have strength and energy in life. So today, I want you to get your Bible, take some time, and really focus with me. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple for the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. So this is what I want you to begin to do. Think about your time. Become intentional about your life and say, God, Would you show me how to have the spiritual habits and routines that will bring about life to me? And today, in your next step, we're going to look through three things that you can do, practical things you can do to get your body going. We've made a list here of several things. We've said trauma, skepticism, and isolation will drain you. Let's talk about trauma first. What is trauma? Well, we, globally, we were globally told that we needed to be afraid, very, very afraid. And, and part of that was it, it, it pushed us, it strained us. And we did. We, we experienced a trauma. People have lost their jobs. People have uh, had all sorts of, we've lost people in our lives that are very important to us. It's changed the way we function. It's created a grief in the way that we live. And see, whenever you face a trauma, it can be an automobile accident. You can be fired. You're not expecting it. You show up to work and you're let go. It creates a trauma for you. And then someone will ask you, how are you doing? And then you have to share. Well, in the moment you begin to share that experience again, you have to relive the trauma. And so it, 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 it sucks your energy out, okay? It may feel good to share, but the end of it, you feel drained.
1: Yeah, we just need, it's almost like there's an adrenaline with trauma, and we didn't invite it, but it happened. <laughs> and so now we're like this, and we have to physically recover and come back up. And that's what God wants us to do today, and that's why we're talking about the physical body today. But next week, we're going to talk about the mental and that's a huge part of it. But just today, the body.
0: Yeah, I think also you have to realize that, that fear can be legitimate, but fear can also be illegitimate. And you've got to kind of sort through that. And that leads us to the next one, which is skepticism. So we we were told certain things that we shouldn't do or should do. I mean, we were told that it was dangerous to be with your family. That didn't feel natural and, and, and so, it created this skepticism within us because now we've gone forward and we've really, we've really realized, okay, that some of the things that we've chosen to do didn't uh, help us physically as much as we had hoped they would. And, and because of that, it's left us in this realm of what I call conflict, okay, should I believe what this person is telling me? And it's left us with doubts. And whenever you whenever you face a conflict, this is the problem with conflict. Conflict always drains you. Now, I realize that some people handle conflict better than others, okay? Some people are just naturally good with conflict, but it still drains them. Realize that, that you and I have lived, because of this skepticism and all that's going on, it leaves us wiped out and drained. And so you want to manage, you want to manage how you, you, you deal with your traumas. You want to manage your skepticism. Do not let skepticism take over your heart. It will leave you with a, a negative perspective on everybody and everything. Be an optimistic person like David. I can leap the wall. I can take on an army. I'm going to be okay.
1: Well, and the next one is isolation. We were isolated, and sometimes you're isolated because of an illness or you're isolated because of being single. There's different reasons why we're isolated, but we actually need a physical touch that's appropriate to heal our physical bodies. We are made to touch and so those hugs, those high fives, I was thinking about it today when David was singing this morning, you, you're, you may have an achy joint when you raise that hand or clap or you don't feel like it, but something happens when you begin to move your body. Something happens when you hug that person that is healing to the soul.
0: I remember reading years ago, it was a, a graduate-level uh, class on marriage and relationships, and one of the books I had to read, it, it said that if, if you will hug your wife regularly, she will have to go to the doctor less often. I am mean, I you went
1: to seminary for that. That's Yeah, good. that's
0: right. But this is what I thought. This is the way Doyle's brain works. It's like, you can save money just by giving your wife a hug regularly.
1: That's right. It's cheap.
0: Because your health care costs will go down. And so that's why I'm a huggy person. I just want you to know that. I'm in. It's to make the world a healthier place, especially her, all right? Oh, yeah. That's right. So think about this. Think about this. Do you think that you are drained right now because you keep reliving a trauma, or it's because of skepticism, or isolation, or some kind of fear?
1: And it could keep you from sleeping. Yeah, I think about sometimes you watch TV and you say, I'm just not tired. So I'm going to stay and keep watching TV until I, I get tired. I'm, I'm not ready for bed yet. But if you'll go ahead and get in bed when you're not tired and open up your Bible and let the last thing that you put inside your eyes and into your heart and on your mind be the word of God and a prayer, I believe that your sleep will improve.
0: And let me give you another tip, all right? If you'll go out there on the podcast platform and get your next step and listen to that, it'll make you go to sleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you don't know, that's, that's our podcast, okay? Listen to this, Proverbs 3.24, all right? Proverbs 3.24. It says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet, so this is a promise of God. This is not the only place in Scripture where it's promised. Multiple places, God says that if you will come to me, if you will rely on me, if you will trust me, I will give you sleep. So you want to look at your life right now and say, well, am I sleepless because of one of these other things? Or sometimes it actually is where you are in life, in terms of a health issue, it's keeping you up at night. But But do this. When you go to bed, say this, Lord, I thank you that you promise sleep to those that love you. And I'm asking you to help me right now, even though you may have a, a health issue, take away all my fear, take away all my concerns, and give me peace and rest. I want the sweet sleep that you promise in your word. That's my request tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And that will change your life. I love this quote. It's from a Ph.D. and M.D. from WebMD. His name is Theodore Friedman. He says, if you aren't getting good sleep, it's hard to eat well and it's hard to exercise. And the same is true the other way around. So, so what this, this Ph.D. M.D. says to us is this. If, if you don't sleep well you probably won't eat well and you probably won't feel good enough to exercise and if you don't exercise you probably won't eat well and sleep well and so you've got to figure out your your diet physically one of the most important things you can do to feel more energy in life is to eat the right things to exercise regularly and to sleep well and and Most of us have gotten thrown off lately, and and we just can't afford to do that.
1: Well, my family doctor of over 20 years, she told me once, she said, Jennifer, if you will lift weights and exercise, it lasts a decade. So what you do in your 20s will have hang time for your 30s, what you do in your 50s to your 60s. But imagine in your 70s, that'll last into your 80s. And so there is some benefit to that physical exercise.
0: So don't think about what you did for the past 10 years. Think about what you want to do for the next 10 years. And then aim for that. Begin to, to work towards that goal.
1: It's like drinking water. The more you drink, the more you want. And if you can walk, walk. If you can lift, lift. If you can run, run. I, if I could run, I would run. <laughs> I mean, If you can do it, do it. What are we waiting for?
0: Listen to what, what Paul says to Timothy, all right? This is 1 Timothy chapter 4, 7, 8, and 9, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come, this is trustworthy This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So he he outlines three things here. He says there's, there's some foolish talk, some godless things that are being presented out there. Don't listen to that. And there's a lot of godless things that are being presented out there. He said, choose a godly way of living. So choose God's way. And yes, some physical exercise is important. See, we we have a lot of people that will tell you today that that it's all about the physical exercise. And what I would tell you is it's of some value. So don't quit your gym membership. But 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 this is my question. I, I have a friend and I, I asked him to do something. I said, Hey, can you come with me? I want you to go do this with me. It was it was something to do with the church and God and stuff. And he said, Well, when is it? I told him when. He said, Well, I can't do that because that's when I work out. I said, Excuse me. Um, how often do you work out? He said, well, I do that every day. I said, you, you couldn't just give up one day for God? He said, well, I'd hate to do that. See, there's times when, when we give more emphasis to the physical than we do the spiritual. And, and you, know how, you know how it is. You know how it is. I'm so busy today. I'm so busy. I can't exercise. Or I'm so busy today. I can't pray. No, no. Our priorities need to be set up so that God gets first place in our life, okay? This summer, Jennifer and I, we, we went to Israel with my mom and dad. And, and mom and daddy are now 86 and 85. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so encouraged by them whenever I'm with them because they have so much energy, so much focus, so much love for God, Okay. We're in Israel. We're walking around Israel, and, and my dad is like, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And, and one day, he's like, he's 20 yards in front of me. I'm like, hey, Dad, maybe you could slow down just a little bit. If you talk to my mom, she'll tell you, I want to get my three miles in today. And they'll talk about that. But if you were to go tomorrow and, 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 and stay with them, they would be up first thing in the morning for their prayer time. So they have this balance of, of putting God and the habit of God and the routine of God. And what I want you to understand is this. Godly training has the greatest value. Yes. And physical training is important. But your godly training will have an impact on your physical body because your godly training will teach you where to go with your body, what to do with your body, and how to use your body in a godly way. All right? Did you have something else?
1: Well, a choice has to be made. You have to determine what your spiritual practices and habits are going to be and what your physical habits. I think we have to ask God for real wisdom. We're going to talk about fasting. I see that there's feasting in the Bible and there's fasting in the Bible. And we have to ask God for the, the help We have to say, God, we need help. I think a great little prayer that you could pray every day is, God, I submit my body to you. Yes. And ask him for that wisdom, because sometimes it's okay. I can eat a good piece of chocolate with the best of them, but it should probably be during times of feasting. If we, every single day, do something that's not the healthiest for us, maybe that's not God's best. But on the other hand, we also, we want to be able to celebrate with one another.
0: One of the prayers that we've prayed for years is, Lord, I thank you that my body is yours and that you are for my body. Mm-hmm. So that means that, my God, my body is yours, but also you are the one that helps my body be healthy and strong. Listen to this. This is from 1 Corinthians. Now, let me, let me set you the, for the context, okay? In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the church, and some of them have begun to back off On God's standard for sexuality, and they've started getting involved in sexual relationships outside the confines of marriage. Mm. Hmm. Ever heard of a generation doing that? And and, and, and in the midst of that conversation about your sexuality should be under God's lordship, not under your own pleasure, your own desire, he begins to talk about our bodies. This is what he says, beginning in verse 19, chapter 6, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So he says, look at your body as though it's a temple for God. See your body as dedicated, set apart for worshiping God, not for your own pleasure.
1: Will you trust God's way? For me, this is a memorable verse. This should be a verse that you memorize. It encompasses so many things. One of the areas that we struggle with is that we feel guilty because of the way we've treated our body or the way others have treated our body. And sometimes we hate our actual body Mm -hmm. because we have this self hate because there's been sexual abuse that has happened against your body or physical harm has come against your body that you did not welcome. And so it's kind of hard to love and care for your body. But I want you to know that God, he knit you, he formed you, he created you, you are his baby. He knew you before you were one day old. And he said, you are precious and beautiful, and your physical body is really precious and valuable to him. And sometimes we've harmed it or others have harmed it, and we have to heal from that. But God is bigger, and he's a healer. He's a deliverer. You know, in First Kings at Mount Carmel with Elijah, those that were worshiping Baal, they were cutting. Sound familiar? They were harming their own body. What about addiction? I was with a a leader in our church. We were in my office praying just about 10 days ago. And I said, what are the strongholds of the west side of Columbus? And she said, it's addiction. Addiction has touched every family. She said, I've lived here my whole life. And we prayed about that. And I just want to encourage you today that if something, if you've harmed your body or someone has harmed your body, that we serve a huge God. And he is so much bigger and he will set you free. He will heal you. He will deliver you. And I have faith for that. I have seen people that were smoking, literally prayed and boom, they were set free. Sometimes he instantly delivers you. And other times he gives you that strength day by day by day by day to be free. And he's a healer. Honor God with your body. And you know, it's important who you sleep with. It should be in the holiest state of matrimony between a man and a woman right. in your marriage. And that's very important. And God doesn't, God doesn't challenge us in that way so that we would be bummed out or disappointed or sad. No, he's trying to protect you. And it's actually physically healthy for your body so we can trust his ways.
0: When, when we're, what we're talking about here is your self-image, okay? And, and so many times... We've allowed our self-image to carry us down a pathway in the world in which we live. We'll go towards something because we want to see ourselves in a certain way, okay? And God says that, that if you'll trust my way, you'll be happy with who you are. Now, this is what happens. We look at ourselves and we see all the scars, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow in our past. But when your father in heaven looks at you, he sees you through the eyes of Jesus and the cross, Mm -hmm. and he sees you in the resurrected body, okay? You're a whole new person. I went to the eye doctor, and he put the lens up. He says, is this good or is this better? And see, what I want you to see is looking at yourself and recognizing what Jesus has done for you, that's good. But it's even better if you'll begin to imagine yourself through the lens of Christ has made me all new. The shame is gone. The scars are gone. The pain is gone. I am Christ's child, okay?
1: I I mean, isn't that cool that he makes all things new? You know, I worked with the teenagers here for years and years, and they would come to me, and they'd say, but Miss Jennifer, I'm really mad at myself because now I'm not a virgin, and I wanted to get married. I had this, and I've messed it all up. Hmm. And I would say, no, guess what? We're going to pray tonight. And God will make you like a brand new virgin. And they're like, he can do that? I'm like, yeah, he can do that. And so we would pray. And you know, did you know that, that God can make you like a virgin for the second time? Because he makes all things new. And so whatever's happened in your life, you can ask God to clean it up, to wash it up. <laughs> He's amazing. We've underestimated the power of God.
0: That's right. I wanna I want to stay on this about your body as a temple for one second because I want you to understand the context, okay? So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Now, what you have to understand is you have a mixture of Jews and Gentiles in here, and and Jesus, when when Jesus sat in Jerusalem before his his death, burial, and resurrection, he looked at the temple and he said, That temple is gonna be destroyed. That temple will be destroyed. Now, this is one of the most powerful testimonies that Jesus is a prophet because by the year 70, that temple was completely destroyed and pushed off of its, its its mount. Now, you have to fast forward. Now, we're in the early church, and the temple in Jerusalem is gone. There are people that are a part of the fellowship that had worship at the temple in Jerusalem. There are people that are from a Gentile background and they've worshiped other gods in other temples. And when he looks at them and says, your body is a temple for this Holy Spirit of the living God, there are people that have worshiped in Jerusalem and they are grieving that the temple is gone. And there are people that have worshiped unholy gods and they've stepped away from that to worship the living God. And they're being told, you're a permanent temple. You're a place of worship wherever you go. When, 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 when you go into a community, they're going to see the powerful presence of God because of your physical body is, is part of God's worship wherever you go.
1: Don't go to a building with no windows. <laughs> I think that's a good rule of thumb. That's
0: right. Would Think about where you go with your body. Can you, imagine, can you imagine coming up to Jerusalem before the temple is destroyed and every day seeing the smoke rising, the offerings before the Lord, and smelling it in the city? See, wherever you go, there should be a, a sense of the love of God, the worship of God, the honor of God. There should be nothing unholy about us. Join us for a celebration this Easter at The Church Next Door. We would love to have you there. Find out more at thechurchnextdoor.org. That's thechurchnextdoor.org. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms.
0: I really need you to... Help me right now, because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful, and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. You know, I love kids, and I have so many friends that have adopted children, so today we're going to pray for children and for adoption. Lord, we know that you're a fruitful God, that that from the very beginning, you wanted us to be fruitful, that, that children are important to you, that you have a heart for children and widows and orphans. And so, Lord, we have aligned our lives with you. We have aligned our lives with being fruitful. Now, we, we, realize, we realize that the world in which we live has had some very negative attitudes towards children in the womb. And we know that we've been participants, whether that was willing or unwilling or just confused. But today we come because we're asking you for more children in our world. Some of us right now, we've been praying for children and others have been praying for grandchildren. We have, we have friends, Lord, that have desired to be pregnant. And we agree with them right now. We pray that we will still see more children come into life. Others of us, Lord, we you've been tugging at our heartstrings and you've been saying I need you to take in an orphan. And God, we've been frightened by that. Lord, we're praying today if that is the answer that you seek. If it's time for us to to welcome children into our lives, we want you to know, God, you are the Lord of life. You are our Father in heaven. And we're saying we want to see more children come. And God, we know that that may mean miracles. You may have to open up adoption agencies and pathways. You may have to open up wombs. God, you may have to create these children in miraculous situations. And we say yes to the miracle of life. Amen. Wow, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com, and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com, and you get our free prayer guide, and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. Join us for a celebration this Easter at The Church Next Door. Worship, fellowship, baptisms, a message of hope and joy and victory from our lead pastor, Doyle Jackson. This year, Easter's on April the 9th, but we'll have services on the 8th and the 9th. Come at 5 p.m. on the 8th or Sunday morning at 9.20 or 11. So we would love to have you there. Find out more at thechurchnextdoor.org. That's thechurchnextdoor.org. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.